Hello and welcome to another episode of the What's Up Jay podcast. This is your host, Jay, and I hope everyone's having a fantastic day. I am here with a very good friend of mine, maybe one of the best human beings on the planet, Vermont native, Aris Sherwood. Aris, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Jay? I'm good. You know, it's wet outside. It was, it's been raining the entire day, recording this I, on Wednesday, the 15th of September, but. I got drenched walking <laughs> from the campus center to Ellis. I did see, so. I believe it was either your Instagram or your Snapchat story and you were mm-hmm. uh, not prepared for the weather. It didn't look like. No, I, well, I was dressed really fancy uh, in my corporate wear my for one of my jobs. <laughs> my corporate wear this is this is this is my corporate wear oversized sweaters and sweatpants which you can't see obviously but i mean it works i mean i'm actually wearing suit pants i mean yeah (laughs) obviously gotta let the people know but uh how's life how's everything been with you obviously 2021 starting school it's september how's it all Um, how's it all going it's going okay um it's been extremely busy Mm. um school um the summer I worked not one but two jobs well one was a job wasn't uh the other was an internship um and so back in school doing a bunch of stuff um it's been good but busy so I guess that's good good but busy yeah yeah busy is not always good but uh I'm glad that it is a good busy yeah How's uh how's school been for you? Uh, everything good so far? Everything going according to plan? Yes, I I'm happy to be back, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. Mm. Usually, the first few weeks of school are always like good, like I get really motivated, but then you get like a slump, like halfway through the semester. So I'm yeah. not there yet. Not yet. I could be. See me in three weeks. Knock on wood, you know. Knock yeah. on wood, you never get there. Yeah, but so this far is, so good. Yeah, this is also, so you obviously go to Castleton University. I, a Castleton University alum, love that yes. place. Um, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. But this is your first semester living on campus, correct? Your first year living on campus? Yes, it is. And this is your senior yes. year as well. Technically, we'll Technically. see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I get out of here, you know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see come May. Listen, I but took yeah. I took 5 years to get out of college. No issues, you know. I'm still Yeah. I mean, I think that's where it, what's going to end up happening. Yeah. With me at. I think I have to take one more semester, but that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> well, listen, not only are you on the podcast, which makes you a celebrity, right? But you, <laughs> but because I know you and I know our shared professor, Dave Blow. Dave, who I know was on the podcast. Dave was on the podcast, but if I'm not mistaken, and I can see you on the back here, you are in this. You're in this book. I, I am in the COVID book. I'm the la- last chapter. Last chapter. Everyone gets their own chapter. I know we've I've already talked about this book on the podcast before. Um, yeah. You know, compiled by Dave Aris. I'll, I'll use the word co-author. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, you can 
say that. I I'll contributed. Say, contributed to the uh, book. What was that? What was that experience like? Having to, well, not having to, but like obviously you were right. doing those blogging assignments. And what was it like yeah. when he brought it to you to be like, this should be a book? Um, I was so for it. I think I was honestly one of the first people that Dave was like, "Hey, I think this would be a really good book because Dave and I are really close." Um, but I was like, obviously, I was like, yes, like, that's such a good idea. Well, I'm not going to turn down any opportunity to, like, be in a book. Um, Never. <laughs> but I just think it was just, like, I mean, throughout the semester and reading everyone's stories, like, it was definitely something special. And I think we all knew that from the beginning mm -hmm. um, of that class. And so when Dave was like, hey, I think we should turn this into a book, I was like, absolutely king whatever you say um i'll help out as much as i can um king yeah king absolute king king um, dave yeah love him but yeah it was, it was really cool experience um and i love that i can say that i'm in a book you know and it was a class effort and i think it's something that's really cool that came not out of just like you know, my department with the school um, itself. So I think it was a really good experience for everyone involved. What was the time frame for when he brought it to you? Was it like during, like, were you already working on the blogging assignments? Like it was already something that you guys were working on and then he brought it to you guys? Yeah, I think we had, uh, so I think they were, I don't think they were weekly. I think they were bi-weekly. And so by the third or fourth assignment, I think that's when he was like, hey, we should do something with this. And then by the end of the year, uh, so that was the fall semester. And then by the end of the year, the school year, so May was when they were published. Mm -hmm. um, so like a few weeks into the semester, a few months into the semester, um, of fall 2020 so when we started working on like like the book itself mm -hmm. um and then it, it was published uh towards uh, the end of the school year did so. you feel any pressure to uh try and make better work because of it or was it still did you feel no pressure just writing what you were writing because i know from experience doing those blogging assignments is He's very mm -hmm. like, write how you feel, write what you want to write sort of thing. But mm -hmm. did you kind of feel that kind of added pressure like this is going to be in a published book or, or no? I think a little bit. I think in the beginning, I was already really proud of my work. Like, um, especially the first one I was super, which I talked about you in the first, in the first one that I wrote. Um, I was super, super proud of my work in the beginning anyways and so I just knew that if I kept doing what I was doing and the route I was taking with it then it would have been good you know no matter what happened so I don't think there was any sort of added pressure I think I automatically put a lot of pressure on myself to write well yeah. so I think that um that didn't really contribute much to it um but definitely there was thoughts in the back of my mind like how can I make this amazing now yeah, yeah. 
well great stuff obviously book's great i bought a copy i that was out of my own pocket that was not a gift from dave me too my own my own funds no he definitely gave (laughs) (laughs) definitely gave me a copy Um, hey you know it is what it is but you know speaking of dave and speaking of you know castleton university we both wrote for the school paper the award-winning castleton spartan Uh newspaper um yes so obviously you are still the editor there right you are the the managing editor true this is my second semester as a managing editor so what's that like now especially now that i'm gone now that Mm -hmm. you got a lot of uh young blood in there what's that what's that like yeah um in the beginning when i was copy editor um and brendan was managing editor it was really really hard um because we were getting used to online um the whole online format and we weren't publishing an actual physical paper Mm. um and so coming from you know that was really really hard a really really rough semester for the Spartan and then Brennan left and I took over the managing editor and we were also planning on publishing a physical paper but completely virtually was really really daunting um and I felt like I had a lot of responsibility to be you know do it well um and but we had a lot of new people so like the thing with uh the semester before is like we had no one like there were some recurring people but really it was the backs of the you know same people that kept the spartan going for that semester and then um i don't know what changed (laughs) over the fall and spring semester but we did get some uh new people that like contributed like so much and you know are still with it now and so that took a lot of the, you know, pressure I was feeling from, you know, the transition. Um, and they made it like such a memorable semester, like doing it completely virtually. And it came out really, really well, too. I was super, super proud of it. Um, but I, since I was a freshman and I started, I had been, it had been my biggest goal to be, um, the managing editor since I was a freshman I had been planning on it so I, I worked super super hard um and then I became managing editor my junior year and I you know I love it so much it's like my favorite thing in the entire world um it's literally like my biggest passion um it's I it's it's literally like my pride and joy like it's my baby mm-hmm. I I love the Spartan in working for the Spartan um and it's we just published our first issue today um for the new semester and it's already like incredible like it's absolutely like I'm so so proud we have so many new people freshmen and they're so like fired up and I think just the fact that we're back in person not just the new people but also the editors 
and the people from last semester finally being back in person. And everyone's just so passionate about it. And I have no idea what changed from <laughs> that time to this to now. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited um, for where it's going to go. Yeah. I feel like a part of it must be the virtual versus in-person aspect. You know what I mean? Because like being so able to meet up and, you know, face to face and be able to bounce stuff off each other instead of bouncing it off a screen is always yeah. uh, the better alternative, I would say. Yeah. I mean, what made me love, you know, the Spartan in the first place was going to the meetings with you guys. You know, I, I mentioned this in a uh, column I wrote last semester but like I really looked up to you guys Kate and Brennan you um I in like seeing you guys work it and you know organize the whole thing and I loved going to the um meetings and like we would all just like talk and like share our ideas and I want to incorporate that again because now it's kind of like going through the list of budgets who wants to take this story, um, you know, like that. And I want to bring it back to the um, place where we can just feed off of each other in our energies. But, um, and I think that we'll take some adjustments because getting back to in-person um, and it was hard for people to find passion when it was all online. Yeah. And so it's so different feeding off of each other when you're in person. So I totally think that that is a, a contributing factor to people, how, why people are fired up about it this semester. I remember that being a goal that, I mean, I assume, you know, Brandon and Kate and also strive for, I don't want to speak for them, but I'm sure they would say the same thing that we strive to kind of create that type of atmosphere, like a welcoming atmosphere, really mm -hmm. no idea is a bad idea type deal. Even if it's just like a little nugget, you can flesh it out and see if it takes you somewhere. I mean, I've, I've always been under the mindset that if as, as long as you're contributing in any facet, you know, you can work on it and make it a positive, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really big goal of mine is like, I want people, I think the thing with last year, it was just so depressing, you know, the stories that we were writing because that was literally the world we were living in was mm -hmm. such a depressing and a world so I think just the end like being back on campus it feels so lively and so I want people to write what they want to write um like not just because they feel like they want to write it which is like Dave's greatest advice to me was that if you write what you're passionate about that's you know going to be your best work and so I want everyone to feel like they can literally write whatever and like let me and like Sophia do do the do the hard work because you know that's our job um, yeah. but I want people to be passionate about what they're doing because that's what makes them come back and that's what makes the paper incredible so it's, it's yeah. what makes it like it's not it's not supposed to feel like a job I don't think yeah. even though like you are doing a job as part of the newspaper and what have you but I feel like it was always it was always fun even when there was like a lot of work and even when it was like yeah, super stressful yeah. I feel like we made we we like tried to make things fun yeah you know? like I love I love this like this is what I want to do like the editor position 
in like writing as well, obviously in reporting, but like, if I could do this for the rest of my life, I'd, I'd be so happy. You know, this is like, you know, what I look forward to in my days. And so I want other people to feel like that as well. So, so would you say that your end goal post university is to be working for a newspaper, be an editor for a newspaper or what's, what's your kind of goal once you get out of Castleton? I, not really a newspaper. I would really love to be an editor or a writer for a magazine. Um, my biggest goal is to be a um, pop culture, fashion, women's fashion, um, and digital culture uh, writer. Because that's what I'm really, really interested in and I love writing about. Um, but my biggest, biggest goal, and like, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would love to start my own magazine. That's like my big, that's like the top dream, you know? So like doing both writing, both editing, but also like designing and structuring and, you know, having it be my own thing is is something that I would love to do someday. Well, you did just mention fashion. And that is a topic that I wanted to discuss with you because ever since I've known you, I've known you to be somebody who is very fashion forward. I would say you're very, you're, you are a very fashionable individual. Oh, of course. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm super envious of your, you know, style. I wish I could pull off what you pull off, you know? Thank you. That's crazy. I was just interviewed. My friend Lily is writing a story on personal style and I was just interviewed yesterday for it. And we were talking about how, like, I don't dress. I actually don't dress how I, like, want to dress because I get so insecure about what I wear. So that's crazy. Well, thank you. Well, of course. How would you describe your fashion then, since it isn't how you want to fully dress? Yeah. I, so I've actually talked about this with, like, my best friend before because, I would say my style is something that can't really be defined. Um, It's kind of weird. It's kind of quirky. It's kind of eccentric. I love colors and I love like mix mix matching patterns. Um, Much to my mom's dismay, she hates when I do that. Um, And like just, I love vintage clothes. Um, You know, I love textures and things like that. And I love putting together things that like people wouldn't typically wear. Like people would be like, oh, that's kind of ugly. But I think it's like really cute. Um, so I, I've never seen anyone with my type of style before. Um, but, but I, and that's what makes me so insecure at the same time. Because like living in, you know, very, very rural Vermont um, in a, campus with the 2,000 people that wear the same thing is very you know intimidating you definitely you stick to. out yeah yeah you de- you you want to dress how you want to dress but you don't want you don't want to deal with that like my first day of school uh this semester I um put on this super super cute outfit I was so excited to wear it it was literally nothing crazy. It was a dress, like a little jacket thing and cowgirl boots. And I, I looked so cute. I was so excited to wear it. And then I, I went out and like people were staring at me 
and they were like what is, like just that I just felt uncomfortable people were like you know what is she wearing and everyone was wearing like sweatpants and leggings and sweaters and broken socks and vans and I I oh my god South Street <laughs> and I felt super super insecure so I haven't dressed the way I wanted to dress like I've had outfits planned this entire summer and I haven't worn any of them because I've been just really scared because I don't want to I don't want to deal with that you know I hate that not like yeah. like like because I remember like whether it was in high school middle school beginning stages of college granted I don't think my style is anything you know wild or anything like that but like once I started to kind of wear like kind of what was acceptable i was like mm-hmm. this is incredibly boring you know what i mean yeah. like even like yeah, like I this is it. like my own type of thing like even this is just like a baggy sweater mel got this gift for me um <laughs> but i just yeah. like i i want to be super you know comfortable like i feel like that's kind of my style now like i'm even trying yeah. to stray away from more like like i was i still have like skinny jeans now but i feel like my next mm-hmm. pair of jeans will be more kind of comfortable and and mm-hmm. all that jazz but mm-hmm. and it's crazy because like I, I I will get compliments like on my on my like outfits when I do wear like a, a fun outfit that I picked out but I don't know it's just like maybe it's like my own insecurities but you know it's, it's just so much easier to not deal with other people's opinions on you and just go with the flow people should just mind their own business you know what I mean yeah let like, you do you remember when um for my blog for uh feature writing and I picked out of the jar the fashion challenges mm-hmm. like all of those I h- hated doing that like I was because like they were experiments obviously but it was so like like attention grabbing and I was like I wish I was just in a a pair of jeans and a sweater right now like it was just so uncomfortable for me to do that because of other people's looks or opinions and they were experiments too like they weren't at like my actual style yeah so yeah I think that's something I've always had a really hard time with no pressure on this next question obviously because okay. I, I am the one asking it, obviously. Okay. But how did how did you feel about how I dressed at college? Would you say I was would would you would you say I was a well dressed individual or would you say what what the heck is Jay wearing right now? That's that's gross. Oh I wouldn't say no, I wouldn't say that. I <laughs> Jay, I honestly I it's been so long, I don't remember how you dressed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a safe response. I remember <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember like I think I genuinely did like your style though because you looked you looked like a like a fashionable Vermonter like a fashionable skater boy so like yeah yeah like didn't you wear like a yellow beanie yellow beanie I uh did I was it red I have a I have a red beanie. I have like a mustard yellow sweatshirt, like a crew neck sweatshirt. Oh, I do. Remember. Oh, yeah, you wore the, like the maroon beanie. 
I remember mm-hmm. that. And you had like a green jacket. Yeah. Didn't you have like maroon shoes? Oh yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Oh, good stuff. I remember now. I remember now. I did think that like the way you dressed was better than most of the people here. So there's that. I'm glad I got the Ara stamp of approval on my uh, fashion. <laughs> I don't know. Of course. But to go deeper into fashion, obviously the Met Gala took place. What was mm-hmm. it last night, right on Tuesday, or was uh, it Monday? It usually is Monday. I think it was Monday, or the night. I think it was Monday night. Yeah, it's I usually mean, on Mondays. Either way, it recently took place. Yeah. What were your highlights? What were your lowlights? Do you have any that like stick out in your brain? Because for me, AOC's tax the rich dress is mm-hmm. like my peak that's yeah i love that but yeah we obviously love statement of that um <laughs> so i i, <laughs> I love the uh i love the met gala mm-hmm. and i love the costume institute um i look forward to it every single year um a few uh, years ago in 2019 when they did the camp uh met gala and then they did the camp uh theme for the costume institute i actually went and saw it it was literally the high, highlight of my life like I, I i still can't believe that i actually got to see it in person um so i love the met gala and i love you know high fashion um so i thought that this year was really boring um <laughs> it was really bad the theme was in america a lexicon of fashion and that is I I genuinely think that's a good theme because there have been so many iconic fashion moments in American history that people could have played on, but I don't think anyone really took, well, there were a few people, but like, I don't really think anyone took the theme to heart. Um, I think, I think people were just like, I don't know what this means, so I'm just going to wear a pretty dress. Um, so I think my favorites were I I did like Billie Eilish's. It wasn't my favorite. Like I hated her hair and makeup, but I think the nod to old Hollywood um, was very good. And she wore Oscar de la Renta, um, who mm. dressed Jackie Kennedy. Um, so I don't think there's I you can't get any more American than that. Anna Winter, who is the chair of the um, uh, Met Gala and the editor-in-chief of Vogue uh, were also were Oscar de la Renta. So I think that, I think that that is very, very telling that Billy, who was a co-chair and Anna, who was ch- chair and an editor-in-chief of Vogue were Oscar de la Renta, it's very, very big. Um, and I, people hated it, but Naomi, Naomi Osaka, um, wore a true um, Japanese inspired and I, I you know I liked it because I thought it paid tribute to Japanese Americans and what they went through especially during World War II um, I really really liked that and Nikki Tutorials wore a tribute to Marsha P. Johnson which I thought and I think she was the best dress of the entire night she was absolutely beautiful and I love that she paid tribute to that um uh yeah i think those were some of my favorites i i again i think it was really 
really boring <laughs> this year. Not compared to like the camp year, which is yeah. like amazing. But I'm not um, you know. I wouldn't have even known it was happening if I didn't go on Twitter, to be honest. I don't want to offend yeah. you at all. You know, I'm not. No, it's fine. I'm not I that deep into the crux of it, but. Well, it's usually in May. It happens in May. It's usually mm. the first Monday in May, um, but they had to postpone it because um, of the pandemic. So it's this, it was this year. And I genuinely had no idea what was happening until the morning of either. Um, but they're doing it again in May. They're doing two parts of the In America. So, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, you also brought yeah. up uh, you also brought up Vermont a little bit ago, and I know that you've lived yeah. in Vermont your entire life. This is um, true. What is your favorite um, memory, perhaps, of growing up in Vermont? Um. So I'm actually a first-generation Vermonter. Uh, my entire family is not from Vermont. We are, you know, first generation. None of my other family has lived in Vermont. Um, we don't have roots in Vermont. Um, and we are originally from Pulteney. I'm from Rutland, um, but we originally, like when my family first moved here and like my childhood home was in Pulteney, Vermont which is like a super, super small town. Um, and like, it's literally like when you go to it, even now, it feels like you took a step back in time and are in like the eighties or something like that. It's super, super small. And literally it was the most I, perfect childhood. I think I, I could imagine it because it was so small. Um, and, um, you know, like everyone and like, I lived uh, right next to a church and across the street from my family was um, our family friends. Um, and then my babysitter and my best friend were like right down the street. And so, um, and there was also a village store that was uh, right across, right next to the church. So I would literally just like walk everywhere, you know, go to the church, do, um you do a summer camp or something like that and then like go to the general store and get bug juice and creamies um <laughs> i see i see you're on the creamy side of the uh soft serve creamy well, debate well well my family actually grew up calling it soft serve because they're from california um and so i called it soft serve my entire life it wasn't until i grew old yeah, I started calling it creamy because I felt peer pressured. Because <laughs> I felt peer, peer pressured from other people. I said but this yeah. when I obviously when I lived in Vermont when I went to school and you know lived on campus, whatever. Um, I always just called it ice cream. I never really, I was, I never, I was never someone that like had like a preference either way. So I was like, it's ice cream. I'm just gonna eat it, ice cream. It's a specific kind of. It ice is cream. a specific kind of ice cream, you know. But I'm also a, a non-confrontational kind of guy, you know. I, uh, whatever, whatever yeah. ice cream you have, that's. No, genuinely, I still do call it soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I never call it a creamy. I hate it. I call it soft serve because my, <laughs> my my family is from not here. Yeah. So. I've also never been skiing before, so. I am a tuber myself. I prefer to tube. 
I don't even do that. I've never been on the mountain. Never been on the mountain before. Nope. 21 years, never been on the mountain. Terrible. I know. I feel fake. <laughs> Terrible. St- I feel fake. A fake from honor in my presence right now. I can't believe fake it. From honor. It's so true. Well, you are a Vermonter still by definition, I would say. Um, yeah. And last December, I think I'm getting this right, December 2020, you launched Vermont Arises. Arises, am I saying that Ari- right? Arises. Arises. Vermont Arises. Okay. I thought it was yeah. like a play on your name. But now it I is. feel like, yeah, but like I thought like Arises, but it's Arises. Yeah. Arises. I, so I, like I feel dumb. My, but. No, it's okay. My <laughs> name and then my middle initial and my last initial spell arises. So like it's Vermont arising. Do you I get should, it? I should have known that. Yes, it is very, very clever. <laughs> and I feel Thank very, you. very dumb for, <laughs> for not getting it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but why did you launch that? Why, what was, what inspired you to want to set that up? Um, it's a really good question. So I was having a moment, um, because I was, I was in Illinois. So my sister lives in Illinois and I was with my sister um, and my mom and we were on vacation, except it's not vacation, um, to go to Illinois. But, um, so I was having like this moment where like an existential dread because like I, my dream in life was actually to be a singer um and then like something something happened and like I realized that I'm not a very good singer and so I don't think I could ever be a singer and so I was like well I'm a good writer and I have that and so I was thinking about starting like a blog or like something like that some sort of like outlet for me to like just write that wasn't the Spartan um, and wasn't calculated just to write whatever and then my mom said to me one day she was like hey I think you should start a blog and I was like it was so weird like I was not I didn't tell her that I was thinking about that she just like had come up with that idea on her own and I was like mom I was literally just thinking about that girl and so it blossomed into this like uh, brand slash blog um and my mom and I had were brainstorming names and um there's this tattoo artist who has her own little brand called Girl New York um but it's spelled new as in k-n so like new and I love that name and so I wanted to incorporate Vermont and I was already thinking of Arises because that's like my name and I've used that on like other things like my Depop I just think it's really cool that my name spells that out. Um, so we came up with Vermont Arises. And the point of it was, uh, you know, small town people like me. I grew up in a really small town and I want to, you know, blossom into this big world and make up the mark on my world. And, you know, life happens sometimes. And so I, there are, I'm sure there are people in other small towns throughout like the world that could relate to my stories and I like to say I'm a good writer um and people tell me all the time that they you know can relate or they really like what I have to say so that's why I decided to start that 
just as an outlet for me to write, um, but also so an outlet so other people can go to and like feel like they're not alone, if that makes sense. Well, it does say right here as I'm on the uh, the website itself. Yeah, I'm actually going going through a rebrand, so the uh, website name changed. The website name did change. I, I don't say it. Don't that. say it. I don't will not. I will not okay. say it. And keep okay. it on the DL. But <laughs> yeah. it does say that the goal. Well, I'm going to quote you here. Quote: My goal is to create a space where people don't have to feel alone which I think is a super powerful goal to have. Mm -hmm. How good of a job do you think you're doing with that? Um, I think so far so good. I think I went through a little bit of a rough patch where I was trying to be something. I think I was trying to be like, not tell my personal stories. So like I, the first few, few things I wrote were really personal. Like I talked about gender and I talked about body hair. And then I, you know, through conversations with people, I was like, I want to write other things that aren't just about myself. Um, and I didn't like that where that was going. I felt really uninspired. But then I realized that, you know, the ones I wrote about like myself, like, you know, body image or, you know, body hair or, you know, gender dysphoria you know those people would literally message me and be like hey I really felt that or like that really like struck something with me and so that is what really struck me I guess to make me think that I'm doing a good job and that I can actually you know do it and also help me find the path that I want to take um with that so yeah I think I'm doing a, a good job. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We shall see. I do see that you've got some uh, Studio Ghibli, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, ha I have a, a Studio Ghibli tattoo. Do you? Yeah. It's <sighs> Kiki's Delivery Service. It's my favorite movie. I am more of a uh, fan of Totoro myself. Oh, uh, I love Totoro. I don't know if we've had this discussion actually, but I feel like Totoro should be in the movie more. I know, right? Like, I feel like I it's totally his movie. Thought that too. Yeah. Well, well, their movie. I don't know if they're actually gendered in the movie. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> do that. But it's Totoro's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I know that it's you know Totoro's movie, and I feel like they're only in it for like the last third of the film. Yeah. They're hardly in it at all like the first time I watched that I was like I totally thought the exact same thing I was like this is not what I was expecting but I mean it's still a wonderful movie oh it's fantastic like I said yeah I have not seen all of them I, I will admit Mel and I because Mel has like a box set of all of them I'm pretty sure and we were making yeah. our way through it but we haven't been able to finish yeah all I I haven't seen all of them either. I haven't seen Princess Mononoke. And that's like, I really want to watch that one. But I love Studio Ghibli. Ghibli, whatever. Studio Ghibli, Ghibli. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I do also know your latest blog post on here had to do with your uh, 
childhood home that your family recently moved away from right yes yeah and there so that so you're still like they're still in vermont right they just yeah we we just moved like literally like five minutes away from the house that's good you know i got yeah i gotta love still having the roots yeah what was that like moving out of your childhood home because i moved out of my childhood home back when I was in fourth grade. So it's a little bit different, but I remember going back with Mel for like her birthday. I wanted to show her my Mm -hmm. home and kind of where I grew up and give my more of my story, you know, and share that with her. But Mm -hmm. I remember walking like in front of the house as I'll say an adult. It was a couple of years ago. I'll say I was an adult. Yeah. Um, And it was just such like an odd feeling like of yeah seeing it from that perspective and you know thinking that I grew up here but it just seems like so far away from where I was and am currently but for you it's a little bit different because as you just said recently moved out you've been there 21 years of your life so what was that like yeah. Well, actually, uh, I moved into this house when I was six. Six. Yeah. My so apologies. we were from, no, it's okay. We, we were from Pulteney. Um, I lived in Pulteney for six years and then moved to this house when I was like six, seven. Mm-hmm. So, but still, that's like a long time, you know. But also, this is also the house where I've had, you know, most of my memories and most of my trauma. Um, and so my family had been talking about moving since my brother died when I was 14. And so I had, like, I guess I had come to terms with it for a long time ago. Like at this point, my family has been putting the house on and off the market for years. And so like this time, it just felt like, okay, now it's actually, you know, happening. You know, so I had come to terms with it a long time ago, but it was weird to realize when it was actually happening that like a new family was going to make new experiences in this house. You know, when I had, I had built so many experiences in that house, whether they be good or bad. And I think that was the weirdest thing for me that it wasn't mine anymore it wasn't my house anymore um and and before it was like when I come home no matter where I am in the world you know that's where I had thought I would be coming home to and I I think it took me a while to realize that like as long as I have my mom and my dad and you know my pets no matter where we end up you know coming home is to them it's not a place and so I think I I was okay with it not being mine anymore um but it was weird like the first night I was in the house because I live on campus now so I wasn't even with my parents for the move or anything like that my first time in the house was a few days after they moved in um I remember like going to bed and I decided to look on the Zillow at my old house and it said it was sold and it was the pictures. And I was like, 
I had that feeling again of like, that's not mine anymore. You know, it's time to make new experiences and this family is going to make their new experiences in, in uh, my old house. And it felt really, really weird. And it, it was the first time I had felt sad about it. Um, but I think I'm fine now, you know? I think it was just time to let go and move on. And I mean, a lot of people told me that it would be good for you know me and my family to let go of that house because so many bad memories are in that house. And so I'm, I'm okay with it now. I mean, our new house is so cute. Like I, I am obsessed with it. Like I want to buy that house for my parents when I'm older. Like, I think it's so cute. So I'm, you know, I think I'm okay with it now. It took a, it took a long time, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay with it. So you plan on living in Vermont for the remainder of your days or is that something that you haven't really made think, a final decision on yet or I mean you are only 21 years old but yeah I think after I graduate I want to move to a city um and you know work on a magazine do my own magazine you know whatever happens um and then once I'm older I want to come back here raise a family um and take Dave's job so, of course yeah well, you know, I I might I might already have that job. Let's just let, let, let me just say. I mean, then I'll then I'll take your job. It's, <laughs> I wouldn't I would not blame them for hiring you over me. Let me just say, but I will say that um, you know, you you did reference Brendan earlier, Brendan Crowley. If you're listening, I I hear you. Hey Brendan. Hey Brendan. Hey, how we, we doing? Um, he always joked about how I would literally just grow up to be Dave Blow. <laughs> like because and it was really funny obviously I don't work for that paper anymore but when I started working for the Whitehall Times which isn't the Granville paper but they are under the same you know parent company and mm-hmm. he was he, he was like next step is to go to grad school and then just you know take over for Dave when, when he's done it's the goal like I don't know why it's just the dream my dream is to be Dave my dream is to be Dave as well the female version of Dave he's just so cool my favorite memory is um with you know with you know Dave himself um is when Brendan actually came to visit last summer. Yeah, last summer he and I went over to Dave's house and oh, we really? just and we like shared a beer with him poolside and it was it was oh God, it was iconic. So I'm so close. <laughs> you're, I'm so close. You're right sharing there. Sharing a beverage with Dave. Sharing a beverage. An appropriate, <laughs> an appropriately timed beverage with Dave Blow. Yeah, I remember he's we asked. Just so cool. Oh, I. I he's I one of my him. favorite people. I mean, let's let's just you know throw it no out. No thing. No thing. There are times where like he really grinds my gears. But that's <laughs> how I know. That's how I know he cares. Like your favorite people always do. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like well, he's the one that got me into journalism. Well, I came to college as an education major, and I took intro to journalism just as like a class to take. Um, and here I am now. So- when I I transferred in, obviously after two years, and I knew, mm-hmm. well, I knew I'm not doing it now, but at the time I knew that I wanted to be a sports reporter. 
Like that's what yeah. I wanted to do. That's why I was going here. And even then, like having like that first class with him, because I had already done like my prereqs and all of like my gen eds and whatever. So I was basically only taking classes mm-hmm. with Dave. And mm-hmm. every every single time I stepped into a classroom with him, you can like I fed off of his um exactly his energy his positive attitude toward you know storytelling and journalism and all that yeah he just makes it sound like it's the coolest job in the world and listen as somebody who has been paid to be a reporter it is super awesome i loved it you know i didn't i didn't leave the newspaper because i hated reporting or hated hated, you know doing it i still love doing it yeah you know it is yeah it is he's just I don't know where he gets it from. Like his just energy. <laughs> like, I have it's, no idea. He's he's always he's always firing too. Always. He's always going. I mean, we were he's, we were talking. What was the last week when we had when we Facetimed and it was like we had spoken about how he, whatever he went through, he like fainted, right, and like fell, yeah, broke his nose, I yeah, think. and then like two days later he was teaching, went to the Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> He's a legend. He's literally Walking a legend. Dog. No, he's an icon. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, but my dream is to be driving or just walking around town because I live pretty, you know, near Dave. Yeah. I just, I just want to see him rollerblading. I just, I just want to see it. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> How could you forget? Oh my god, I can't believe he just does that, Dave. If you're listening please i hope please. listen do you remember what he told us about how he got like a ticket for going over like the orange fence by his house to like shoot hoops at that like basketball court were you in that class i don't i mean maybe but i don't remember that conversation i think i don't want to butcher the story but i think it was like it might have been like during the pandemic it must have been because there was no other reason why he wouldn't have been like allowed there I don't oh think. that makes sense because it was like because he lives next door to that like elementary school that has like a mm-hmm. it has like a basketball court and i think he went over mm-hmm. to just like shoot hoops and like a police officer was like yeah you can't be here wait i do remember this now <laughs> i do remember that dave that if you're totally listening and i miss like misquoted or got the story wrong please let me know but yeah dave he's not listening. He, he, won't even, he won't even share this he won't <laughs> <laughs> He won't. He won't even. He won't even touch it. He won't even. He Dave. won't even press play. Dave, Dave, we love you. Well, you you know to get back on track with uh VT arises Vermont arises, as I yeah. said it properly the first time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, totally. You're going through a rebrand. Yeah. Right. What's yeah. uh? Is that just changing like the aesthetic, or are you going to be changing like? Because obviously you still want to be doing more personal stories still, but is it going to yeah. be more? Are you going to be adding other elements or is it still just going to be kind of like blog posts and photos and stuff like that? Um. So, yeah, this is like I mentioned how I start my own magazine. This is going to be like, you know, the start of that. So it's going to be a digital magazine. So personal stories, opinions and news stories. Um, is what it's going to be. I'm, I am. It's gonna have a complete name change. Um, yeah, my best friend Maddie is helping me. Um, she's making the logo. 
um, which is so cute. I'm so excited. It's going through an aesthetic change. Um, it's going, it's a complete uh, change, um, which I'm uh, really excited about. Um, it's definitely a passion project. Um, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. I'm so busy, but whenever I can work on it, I do work on it because it's been a goal of mine to actually get something started for years. So I'm I'm happy that it's finally getting uh, started. And there is a bit of a like following. People do look forward to like my Vermont Arises um, blog post. So I'm hoping that they look forward to it as well. Um, to this new rebrand and I hope it becomes you know bigger so that's the goal the biggest the biggest the biggest, the biggest thing maybe ever yeah if like my biggest like the biggest thing that I would want is like it to be able to compete with Vogue you know like that okay. I want to take I want to take Anna Winter down that's my dream. Take them down. Take, Take them, them down. down. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, do you have Do you have any other creative projects or passion projects that you're looking to maybe launch or work on alongside of this, or is it mostly going to be just focusing on the uh, Vermont Arises rebrand? Um. Well, I've always wanted to start, you know, something you should mention this day. <laughs> it's not like we've talked about this before. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, it's always been a, um, a dream of mine to start making YouTube videos. And I do make YouTube videos sometimes, but um, like just vlogs. But I'd love to start making like YouTube videos. Like um, my best friend and I, again, and I love video essays um, and like analyzing like you know, pop culture, stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, fashion. We love those videos. And I'd love to start making videos like those that would go like tie into, um, you know, this new magazine thing, them, you know, rebranding. Um, yeah. So, and just more like production-y stuff. Um, obviously the goal is it for it to be big enough to like incorporate like celebrities and like actual people um not just me me yeah. local local celebrity local celeb dave mullen dave, um, mullen, dave I, blow dave blow i think they'd be really really good i'm pretty sure i saw um, him at the met gala i think i, I think i saw dave? a photo of him there yeah oh my god i think you're right i love to look <laughs> who was he wearing do you know i think he might have been honestly i think he wore something that he made himself which is which is incredible i think he was wearing a dave blow that's actually really funny because this <laughs> is a little off topic, but um, on design day, he was wearing jeans and his shirt was untucked and he looked <laughs> so good. It, like, it looked so good. Like, I was like, he needs to wear that more often. My favorite Dave look is the shorts with like the sandals with like the baseball cap, the classic <laughs> dad look. I think he kills that look, but not to yes. completely go off topic off of your youtube no it's okay dave's more important <laughs> this is just the second dave podcast let's be real <laughs> just what's up dave part two and it's just yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh. um but yeah and also like i would love to make vlogs too you know I, I love those videos um yeah but in all seriousness all joking aside 
who would be the dream celebrity to be on Aris's YouTube channel? Who would be the top, the top get, the top of the list for Aris's YouTube conglomerate? Okay, really good question. Um, Ariana Grande, and then um, Seventeen, which is the K-pop, which is my favorite K-pop group. Those, but like especially Seventeen, like if I could have them, like whatever this becomes, if I could just meet them and like make content with them, whether it be like an interview or like a little game thing or like a challenge thing, like you see for uh, media uh, videos on YouTube, all that, I dream, like I dream about that, like genuinely. Those are my favorite people in the entire world. So yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. 17. 17. I will. Yeah. I've actually never listened to 17. I will admit. They're so good. I'm a black pink mark myself. I'm I'm a stan of black pink. You're a black you're a blink. I'm a blink. Sorry, I'm not I'm not up on the uh terms. (laughs) Yeah, you're a blink. I I love black pink too. I'm actually wearing a Monster X shirt right now, which is another group I like, but and I I have a BTS tattoo. Um, but 17 is like my favorite group of like ever, you know, they're, they're like my people, my comfort people, just my, my people. people, my Love people, them. my people. Well, Aris, listen, I look forward to the rebrand. I look forward to you taking down Vogue. Thank you. Take them <laughs> down, take, take them all down. <laughs> and, I, and I look forward to the YouTube launch. Um, Thanks. and I hope to be a part of it in any way because I'm one of the most fashionable people of all time so you're the most fashionable and famous person I've ever met you've ever met that's that's yeah. high praise <laughs> you know that's that's that is that is a pretty high praise I appreciate that of course Aris yes are you ready for the gut reaction segment? Sure. Are you ready? Do you know what this is? Do I need to explain it to you? Yes, this is fine. Okay, well, I will explain it anyway, even if you knew, because there might be a new <laughs> listener who's never heard my podcast before, and that's probably yeah, the smart I'm thing just, to do. I'm just helping them out. Yeah, you know, you know I know. I, I know. You know, like you already said, you've listened to every single episode three times. <laughs> <laughs> so the gut reaction segment, I asked my guest in this case, the lovely Aris. Five questions, and you give me your gut reaction, your spicy takes to these questions. Okay. okay. It's real simple. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So, first question has nothing to do with your favorite K pop group. Okay. okay. But if you had to keep one of these, because these were the first two I ever heard of, you can only pick one. So, it's either okay. BTS or Blackpink. And don't just say Blackpink to appease me. No. No. Um, BTS. Why? <laughs> BTS. Okay. BTS was um the first K-pop group I've ever known and liked. Um, I think that they uh impact-wise, they're more culturally impactful. Um. Blackpink doesn't produce as much content or music 
as <laughs> BTS. Whoa. Um, and I just like BTS's music better. I love both of the groups, but BTS's music is just better. Have you heard uh, any of like the Blackpink members' solo stuff? I know Lisa just put out stuff. Rose put out some stuff a little bit ago. Of course, I have. Yeah, yeah. How do you How do you feel? How do you feel about it? Um, of all of them, my favorite is Jenny's with solo because it's just more my style of music that I prefer to listen to. Um, and I think it was more iconic. To be more iconic yeah. i'm and listen listen no one's right no one's wrong right mm-hmm. but i i like rose's little tucson thing that she put out yeah. i thought that was pretty good rose her, hers is really really good too i think hers would be my second favorite um but i don't know like solo jenny's solo solo song but her, the song was called solo like literally like bro it was like the biggest song of the year when it came out um it was massive and i i genuinely just think it's like the better song uh, it's more my style of music that i prefer listening to but on the ground is still really good um and i rose is my favorite member as well is k-pop your favorite genre of music or would you say just um I would say it's just pop music, um, and I think K-pop falls under that category. Under under the umbrella um, of pop, yeah. Under the umbrella of pop, yeah. I don't discriminate against any, you know, language or anything like that. So pop is definitely an umbrella. Pop music is my favorite um, style of music. And I actually wrote a paper once about how people's hatred for pop music is rooted in misogyny. So. That's not that's not a bad take. Let me just say yeah. because for me and I've changed, but yeah. I used to be like I don't like pop music unless it's Justin Timberlake, bro. <laughs> not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I have JT vinyls over there. Um, I mean, I'll give that to you. But listen, all pop is fine, you know. All music's good music, you know, except for bad. Exactly. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Except for you know, like country music, it's like no. Okay, I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) I was just gonna say the exact. I was literally going to say except country music. And it's not. It's not all country music. Like you know, I don't know. Not all country music. I don't know if you've heard of Jason Isbell. Do you know who he is? No. So I consider his music. I consider it more southern rock. Because I don't because when I think of country music, I think of like tractor songs like Ode to My Tractor or whatever. Yeah. That's 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 what I think. But even like female country singers, like significantly better than like whatever that is, you know? (laughs) Whatever, whatever that is. Casey Musgrave and Marin Morris and like old school Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood are not on the same level as you know Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean or Luke Bryan or you know I wonder if I have any different. country music fans who listen to me because like if, if they know me they know I'm not a fan of country music not that that I would mean, really deter anyone from listening to a podcast not really about music but I, I don't know yeah and um, that's all they play in Houston so <laughs> I get love Houston. they should just be playing my my EP that's actually not even on Spotify anymore but whatever <laughs> Is it not? No. So I was paying for like distribution of it. And then yeah. I was paying 20 bucks a month. 
or no 20 bucks a year is what it was oh not not a month a lot a lot cheaper but i was like yeah at the time i was paying for it and i was gonna because it's it was 20 bucks a year no matter how much stuff you put out Mm -hmm. and i was just kind of like i fell out of like the grind of it and i was like i don't want to only pay 20 dollars every year for just these four songs and i'll just record them again anyway yeah so i didn't pay for it and now it's scrubbed from the internet completely that's so sad. But, but it's be back. Oh, it'll be back for sure. Better better than ever. Whether it's just Not me, that. whether it's with the band, whatever, you know. Not the honeybee EP. No, no, it will not. I mean, listen, honeybee is coming back. It's gonna Honeybee's coming back. It's gotta. It's gonna come back. It's gonna be better than ever. Come on. Come on, honeybee. Question number two. Okay. We're gonna be talking tattoos here. You brought up tattoos a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, where would you say is the best and worst place to get a tattoo? And you can take that however you want, whether that's pain level, where you think it looks the best, looks the worst, however you want to think about that. Um, the best place to get a tattoo, um, I would say right above uh, your elbow crease which is where my heart tattoo is because it was super uh, painless um, and it, it looks really cute. Um, my second choice for that would be uh, on your outer arm, outer or lower arm, um, because I, I didn't, like, my tattoo here says show yourself, which is from Frozen 2. <laughs> and I <laughs> chose that. Because I just wanted a tattoo here. <laughs> we approve of Frozen Two tattoos. Thank you. Um, and I, I would say the worst place would, besides like the obviously obvious like genitalia, um, <laughs> um, a butt cheek I, tattoo. Yeah, butt cheek chat, tattoo. I would say your eyeballs because that scares me. Um. I don't discriminate against face tattoos, but personally, I wouldn't get a face tattoo. And um, finger tattoos, my finger tattoo was the most painful tattoo. Like, it hurt like a bitch. I don't know how Ariana Grande does it. Um, so, yeah. And I think Snicky has to be very careful with finger tattoos because those are obviously the most presentable. Um, and so now when people see my finger tattoo, they automatically know that I'm mentally ill because it's a semicolon yeah you know yeah so it's the it's the risk i'm willing to take because it's cute what is your favorite tattoo that you have currently um honestly my show your show yourself tattoo i like from the second i got it, it was my favorite tattoo um and it was one of my first tattoos because I get my tattoos in threes. I actually had a tattoo appointment uh, this weekend, but I had to postpone it at the reschedule because um, I'm poor. Um, but I get my tattoos in threes. So my first three were my S tattoo on my wrist, my heart tattoo on my um, elbow crease, and my show yourself tattoo. And like literally as soon as I got my show yourself tattoo, which was the last minute decision, by the way, it was like my favorite. And it still is my favorite. Like I love looking at it. 
and like when it peaks like out of like a sweater and you can just see the last bit of it I think it's so cute I love it I can't wait to get my own tattoos I plan on I don't want to do sleeves but I want like a ton of individual pieces but yeah like a like a thicker pack yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's what I that's what I want too like a little thicker pack I gotta make money first you know I am also pretty poor um <laughs> Question number three yeah. has has to do with Vermont. Okay. And I know that you've never been on the mountain, right? So yeah. maybe you're not going to say skiing for this. But if somebody from out of state, out of the country, wherever, was like, I want to go on vacation to Vermont, like really bad. Yeah. Like that is my dream vacation spot mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. What's yeah. one thing you would tell them that they had to do? Um go to Burlington and go to the Echo Museum. Yeah. Or just like any museum, like Shelburne Museum, um, Monshire, um, but Echo Museum. My family went to uh, Burlington like overnight and uh, it literally felt like I was like in another state. I, it's like really really cool up there there's just a lot of a lot of things to do um because it's like the you got the ocean side or not the ocean like side, and then you got like the city part and then echo museum i prefer museum um because i'm an nerd so yeah that's what that's what i would say yeah you should have like your own brochure of like aris's top 10 Mm-hmm. things to do or yeah. top 10 yeah. places to see museums to go to whatever yeah my family the the like well when it was just m- m- me and my mom and dad um but especially me and my mom because my dad works in the summer because my mom's a teacher so she's also in the summer and i was like 16 and 15 so i didn't like need a job in the summer um my we would go all over vermont and go on brewery tours and go to museums um throughout Vermont or just like sightseeing in Vermont. So I'm very qualified for that job. Yeah. Yeah. We went to we went to Echo Museum for my 16th birthday. Nice. You gotta love it. Living it up. Question number four. Okay. What is your favorite beverage not named Diet Coke? It doesn't appear. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like coffee. I'm so healthy. It's no, it's diet coke. I'm so healthy. <laughs> My favorite beverage is actually water. Um, I don't even drink water. Why would I drink water when I can drink diet coke? <laughs> I have diet coke that. in my veins. That's what I like to say. I drink more diet. I I drink one diet coke a day. And I think the most that I drink is up to five a day. It's very rare that I do that. But like I drink more diet coke than I drink water. I'm no I'm no doctor, right? So you know, take take this with a pinch of salt. I don't think that's the best idea to drink more diet coke than water. That's just me. Yeah, and maybe it's not. But <laughs> we all maybe. have our vices. We all we have do. our vices, okay? Diet coke is mine. Diet coke if is your vice. 
if that's how I grow up and that's how I go, you know, it could be, it could be much worse, right? You're, it could, you're, it could be much worse. It could be a lot better, but it could be a lot worse. I mean, <laughs> could it be? I I'm pretty happy. I would I, say I'm I'm in my prime form when I'm drinking Diet Coke. It's exactly. my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love that shit. All right. The final question of the gut reaction segment. Okay. <laughs> you are a fashion guru, right? You would yeah. say yes. All right. Sure. Yeah. We'll we'll go with that. We'll go with it. Yeah. What yeah. will what will be the hottest fashion trend of 2022? Um, uh, let me see. Think. I would say um, I don't know. I feel like we're just getting started with the Y2K trend. And so I think that's going to be even bigger. Uh, in more general uh, in next year like I think that's what everyone is going to be wearing that because I think now it's just like you know TikTok fashion girlies are wearing the Y2K look but it's definitely making a comeback and I I genuinely think that the 2010 fashion trends are going to come back so I mean everything goes in cycles right what's 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 out will be coming back in eventually yeah like I, I think I think we're going to bring back hair feathers. I think I totally see that coming back. Hair feathers, you said. Yeah. You remember when people would get like one feather? Okay. Yeah. Hair? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's coming back. Like people get like people are getting tinsel now. I think hair feathers are coming back for sure. Am I gonna see you with hair feathers? Well, Honestly, a a I- hair feather. Should I should I get one? Should I start the fashion trend? I mean, I don't I see I why not. Yeah, I mean, listen. I've always been a trendsetter. You have, it's true. You know, I mean, listen. Yeah. I didn't start listening to K-pop until you told me that you listen to K-pop. So that's a trend. That's same actually with, same with same with Kaitin. <laughs> that's actually right. I I will say I will say that that's not fully true. But it did coincide with Mel showing me. That she listened to Blackpink, so I I will say it was around the same time. I don't want to not give yeah. my lovely partner. And she actually she actually lived in Korea, didn't she? she yeah, she actually taught English over there, in South Korea. Yeah, she so loved it. I feel like she's more, you know, viable. <laughs> I think she's more impactful than I am, but you know, I like to take part. I I got Caitlyn. That's all I'll say. It's true, Caitlyn. If you're listening. I hear oh, you. I know, I know, Katen. <laughs> Katen better be listening. Katen better share the podcast. You know, Katen, Katen better. You gotta, they gotta share it everywhere. Yeah. And so do you. Once this is all said and done, oh, you gotta be sharing this all over the place. I'm going to be writing a story about this. Like I'm going to be writing a column about this. Listen, I hope. Everywhere. I I expect to get interviewed for the Spartan. For this. <laughs> Managing oh. editor interviewed for alumni podcast writes itself. I'll put. I'll make sure this goes on this part Instagram page too. Oh boy! Page. I mean, there we go. I mean, to say they're gonna love how I was loving AOC's text, the rich fashion. They're gonna love that. I love it. Love it. <laughs> how much do you want to tax the rich, bro? They're already paying so much in taxes. I don't want to get into it. 
yeah, no, I don't, I don't no, want to do it. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> but Aris, hear, thank I, you. I hear you though. I, I, I hear you as well. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, Aris, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule, your incredibly busy schedule, to sit down and talk with me <laughs> via Zoom. It's been fantastic. I've enjoyed myself. I hope you had a great time as well. Yes. Thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. I love talking about myself for an hour and a half. I love, I love hearing it. Listen, before I let you go, before we sign off, this is your opportunity to plug whatever you got to plug. If you have anything you want to promote, whatever, plug your socials, whatever. This, this is, this is it. I give you the floor is yours. All right. Um, follow my Instagram at arises.jpg. Follow my Twitter at arises. No. Yeah. Is that my handle? Okay. Yeah. Instagram is arises.jpg. P, uh, Twitter is arises PDF. Um, you can follow right now it's at rebrand loading, but that's going to be where the our new blog is. Um, stay tuned for that. I'm going to obviously be announcing when the uh, new whatever is coming, um, launching. Um, so stay tuned for that. I hope it's gonna be really good. Um, also follow the Spartan um, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, the castspartan.com. And I think that's it. <laughs> the best student newspaper of all time. Literally of all time. I've never the Castle Spartan. Listen, I've never I, seen anything like it. I think it. I think it's better than a lot of like regular newspapers. I'll I'll no, go on. I'll I'll go on the record. I'll say it. It's it, it's the best newspaper in Vermont. I think it's the best newspaper on the planet. On the planet, of, no, of, of all time, in it this beats, in this universe, it beats, it beats the Post, it beats the Times, it beats the it beats the Globe, it beats the Press, it beats it all. Everything, and Everything. I get to say that I wrote for that newspaper. I get to say I was a part of the editing staff. I get to say I worked with Aris, and I get to yeah. say that I worked under the infamous Dave Blow. Dave Blow. Dave. Dave. Blow. God, God bless Dave.